You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AM. This is The Morning Buzz, and we are speaking to Charlie Smith, the editor of Vancouver. Charlie, how are you this morning? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. How are you doing, Man Karen? I'm doing very well, Charlie. It's the weekend, so we're in a very good mood here. But there's one story, Charlie, that I really want to touch on because a lot of people have been weighing in on it. And it seems that many British Columbians, particularly who are working in healthcare, medical staffers, are quite frustrated and even angry about what they describe as a culture of fear and silence. Many are concerned about raising certain issues because they feel they can't. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on there? Yeah, what's happened, and this has been an evolving process with governments um, that, uh, you know, the first time I noticed it was when Gordon Campbell became premier in 2001. Suddenly, um, they started restricting who could speak to uh, the media, and and they'd have designated spokespeople, and it became quite uh, rigidly centralized, the, the government communications and then um, Stephen Harper became premier, prime minister, and, and they started doing that again, and you couldn't interview science scientists, and there's a lot of criticism of the Harper government for muzzling scientists. Then I noticed when in 2008, when, when Gregor Robertson became mayor, that Vision Vancouver started restricting which public servants that um, the, the media could speak to, um, and initially it was a very short list, and they expanded it somewhat. But again, the message to the public service was you can't speak um, openly. Uh, you're part of these organizations. And, and, and now it's extending to the healthcare sector, and, and that's really worrying some people because they think that this could even, even cost lives. And uh, CTB did this uh, big expose about this. Um, But it was actually one of the people who who brought it um, to people's attention is uh, a doctor, uh, Dr. Gandhi, who's at BC Children's Hospital, um, a pediatric surgeon, who um, was one of the first, because he's very concerned, uh, Sanjeev Gandhi, about the... um, lack of mask mandates and was linking that to the BC Children's Hospital um, the kind of overrunning of the of the emergency room and suggesting and even holding news conferences with Sonia Furston of the Green Party about the importance of um, you know taking steps to reduce the transmission of, of respiratory diseases and particularly in children so so the government, though, is, uh, and, and actually it's the health authorities, because the way the government has set things up, and this started again um, in the 90s with the NDP, they created these regional health authorities to decentralize health care. But Gordon Campbell came in and centralized it, where they reduced the number of health authorities to six, and then there's also now the First Nations Health Authority. And, and created an arm's length distance from the government. So the health authorities are basically running the hospitals with funding from the province. And, um, and they're requiring that, that, um, healthcare workers, you know, only allow designated spokespeople to, um, speak on behalf of organizations. And so it's, it's creating a great deal of concern, but, it, but I think it has to be seen in the, context of a continuum of 
the stifling of public servants, which in turn leads some of them to create anonymous social media accounts so they can get messages out that way. And it's not healthy, but I guess it's just where we're at as a society. And Charlie, since this story has broken, have we had a response from the government officials, from the provincial government? Well, they, they're trying to, um, you know, <laughs> say it's not us, it's, it's the health authorities. Um, they're the employers. And, and this is uh, one of the, the problems we have because there's, there's no real accountability in terms of the politics of it. This is, we see similar things with B.C. Ferries, for instance, but people don't get as worked up about that because B.C. Ferries, uh, people aren't um, going to die as a result, most likely as a result of uh, bad policy decisions by the Ferry Corporation, although you could argue that not having masks on the ferries uh, could contribute to, to fatalities. But, but basically the health minister is keeping mum, um, doctors of BC, BC Nurses Union have also jumped into the debate uh, to raise, raise their concerns. And, um, and Adrian Dix was just unavailable, the health minister, um, and instead sent a written statement just uh, saying there are appropriate challenges to raise concerns. There's a whistleblower protection in place. Uh, I don't think um, it's helping the government right now because the uh, perception is that they're just trying to, to put a muzzle on people just like the Harvard government used to put a muzzle on scientists when it came to things like climate change. Mm, I guess let's see what happens if we do get any response from them. Now, another story, Charlie, and this is interesting because even my co-host, Natasha, she reached out to Rakesh Sukesh to talk about his show on microaggressions, but it seems his performance at the Push Festival has been actually cancelled due to delays in securing his visa. What exactly is going on here? Yeah, this is a really sad event because he was actually the Push Festival artist in residence, and he was going to do his show in partnership with Marcus Yusuf, who's and others, but Marcus Yusuf was going to write it, and he's a very uh, well-regarded playwright and director in Vancouver. So it was going to be this kind of cross-pollination where you've got Rakesh Sukesh, who's uh, from Kerala originally and is based in, in Belgium, but he wasn't the only one who was facing these delays on visas. There were also performers with other shows on the Push Festival. It's called the Push International Performing Arts Festival. And they're bringing in artists from the Global South. Um, and others were also delayed, but his is the first, and let's hope the last show to be cancelled. Uh, he mentioned to me when I interviewed him in December that he was still waiting on his visa, which he'd applied for in, in the summer, in August. So... His show is called Because I Love the Diversity, This Micro-Attitude, We All Have It. And ironically, it was inspired by racism that he experienced in Estonia, where white supremacists videotaped him and then put him at the center of a, a campaign of hatred against immigrants. And so, you know, Rakesh Sakesh is a very articulate and highly regarded choreographer and dancer, and But sometimes these visas, this isn't the first time this has happened, and artists 
face these troubles regularly um, coming to Canada and uh, certain things, and I'm not saying this is the case with him, but even something like an impaired driving conviction in the United States will prevent a musician from crossing the border to come to Canada. Um, so this, but at the same time, Steve Bannon was recently in Canada, who um, has been convicted of uh, contempt of the U.S. Congress in connection with the January 6th hearings. And he was allowed to come to Canada, but Rakesh Sakesh could not come here to do a performance that was employing Canadians. That is so strange right there. That, to me, just doesn't make sense. And, Charlie, my concern here is, too, right, we have been hearing a lot of stories about people's visa applications being delayed. I mean, what consequences could this have, you know, on future festivals? Well, I think from the Push Festival's perspective, they're programming international acts and and looking at things like racism and colonialism and that often involves bringing in people of color from countries um, that don't... Uh, I, I think, though, also people of Indian ancestry in particular should take con- be concerned about this because we've also seen it with, with uh, sick performers and entertainers who've been denied visas uh, to perform in Canada. And the, I guess the perception in citizenship, immigration, and refugees is that uh, are people going to step foot on Canadian soil and then declare refugee status? But I think it would be pretty hard for Rakesh Sakesh to do this, given that, um, first of all, he's Hindu, and the people who are more likely to claim persecution who are from India are going to be uh, from from communities, even Christians or, or Muslims, um, but also that India is a democracy, so it's, um, I think, more challenging to make a refugee claim from India than it might be, and also it's a large country, and you can move, let's say you're facing persecution in Punjab, well, the government could make the case you could just as easily move to Bihar or to Maharashtra or South India um, and escape the persecution, so... I'm, I'm quite puzzled by this. Um, the government has this policy of not speaking about individual cases for the purposes of privacy, protecting privacy. But uh, it's rather troubling that the artist in residence of all people is the one who's denied entry into Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. He's like a big artist there in that way too, Charlie. So let's hope we can somehow get more details on that. Now, Charlie, though, since it is the weekend, it is also Lunar New Year and there's Lunar Fest Vancouver's Together We Are concert. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, this is what I like about the Lunar Fest Vancouver is it's, it is a very inclusive celebration of the new year. So, um, and and they're doing it in different ways. One is through they're um, these, these artists. Uh, they're doing these large kind of murals that are being attached, or, or designs to lanterns. So that's taking place at three locations being unveiled today: Jack Pool Plaza, the uh, north side of the Vancouver Art Gallery, and as well at, at Granville Island. Um, and that involves South Asian artists, um, uh, Indigenous artists, and and also artists of East. Asian ancestry, but 
the 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 concert that's coming up um one of the performers is is a ukrainian concert pianist who's quite famous in ukraine anna segalova and she's moved to canada uh to escape the war in ukraine so this is quite a compelling um performance that she's going to be part of this big big show it's uh Organized by Harmonious String Ensemble, Nicholas Urquhart is the concert master uh, or the conductor. But they're also going to have uh, Gina Lena, who's this kind of family folk singer songwriter. She's very talented of Taiwanese ancestry. You've got the Vivaldi Chamber Choir, so they'll be doing Vivaldi music. You've got a youth orchestra out of West Vancouver. You've got Out in Harmony, so it's an LGBT choir, and to top things off, you've got an, one of these 11-year-old violin prodigies, Ariana Stott, who's uh, from Port Coquitlam. So the concert's going to be on Tuesday at the Orpheum in the evening. It's free, and it's also available on live stream. And I think it, it shows kind of the diversity of Vancouver and, and, and musically. And so it's not, it's not just simply if you're from South Korea or you're from... Taiwan or you're from China, uh, this is a concert that embraces the entire community. I love that. I didn't know that. So that's going to be awesome. Definitely going to check that out. Charlie, thank you so much as always and have a wonderful weekend. Oh, my pleasure, man, Karen. You too. Bye.